Welcome back folks, Chris Temple from the National Investor here with you on this week's Metals, Money and Markets Weekly. We're wrapping up yet, uh, you know, we're, we're counting down to year end. We got just two more of these left, Mickey. I'm with Mickey Fulp, of course, the mercenary geologist. And typically we start with gold and silver, but boy was there a bloodbath in the palladium price this week. Well, this is true. Palladium lost over $200 in the last couple of days and it's down something on the order of $400 since it was above 2100 and what uh, early October yeah. so two months ago uh, there's a reason for that uh, it it dropped the last couple of hundred bucks in the last couple of hundred in the last two days because uh, the U.S. put sanctions on the Russian oligarch who controls 36% of Nor Nickel, which is the world's largest palladium producer. So the market basically just crashed. And knowing that, the amazing thing is the spread, the bid-ask spread on my board is $150. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so we always go with the bid for our quotes, and uh, palladium closed at sixteen forty-two for the week, uh, down twelve point seven percent. Platinum, its sister metal, and nor nickel produces a significant amount of platinum too. It closed down a little bit more than three percent at nine ninety, but none of the precious metals did very well. Gold was down four bucks; it could not hold. 1800 uh, close at 1792 and silver was down a percent to close at 2318 and of course particularly where gold and silver concerned they they were doing a bit better but then they got hit with everything else by the fed this week we're going to get to that shortly folks uh, the copper price backed off a little bit but it's still holding on to most of its recent gains it basically gave back last week's gains uh, closed at 376 but it was about 385 until fear of recession and the Chinese Communist Party uh, sent it down the last couple of days. It is in contango but with a fairly undulating forward curve closed at 370 six on the week down six cents okay and moving along energy the oil price had a fair bit of a rebound this week it did it closed up it kind of had an up and down week closed at 74.29 up almost four percent on the week but once again we've got fears of recession fears of Chinese COVID lockdowns as they've eased off but now they have a COVID uh, epidemic going on so we'll see where we go from there let's look at the numbers rigs minus four that's two weeks in a row once again almost 300 rigs shy of what we had going in the beginning of 2019 production lost 100,000 barrels at 12.1 it has remained relatively flat for what seems like three or four months now inventories and I didn't quite understand why we're up a whopping 10 million barrels this week and that's uh, 
that's a big move, one of the biggest moves I've ever seen, but we're still less than a five-year seasonal range for uh, private oil and gas inventories. Imports were up 150,000 barrels this week to 6.8 million barrels per day. I think a lot of that perhaps has to do with shutdown of the Keystone Pipeline with a leak in Kansas. And so we, of course, had to import more heavy crude from wherever we're getting it because uh, we're not getting it from Canada at this point. Right. Okay. And and wrapping up, uh, the uranium price was flat this week, though there was some industry news it looks like the government is starting to put their orders in for the strategic uranium reserve well there's been a, a at least one company that's announced that energy fuels right uh but uranium had a quiet week closed at 47 88 for no change but really i think the big news from the uranium patch was that bill gates's terror power uh is now delayed two years uh, these are small modular reactors being uh, built in Wyoming, and basically that delay is because there is insufficient high assay, low enriched uranium available outside of Russia, uh, and geez, <laughs> interesting situation there. Uh, Russia is well in control of the world's uranium supply. Yeah, that certainly hasn't changed. Uh, Moving on, of course, the big news this last week was the Fed, and uh, pretty much as uh, they had telegraphed for a number of weeks, they bumped down the magnitude of the rate hike to 50 basis points, but uh, Jerome Powell and uh, very decidedly playing Scrooge this week made very clear that they're still going to continue hiking rates in a 2023 and they're going to settle at a higher number in the end if everything goes according to present plan and stay there for quite a long time. I mean, they they were even shown Mickey to the end of 2024 if they hold with this and we only we don't know what's going to happen that the federal funds rate will still be north of four percent two years from now so you know that that firmed the dollar up after the dollar had first weakened to its lowest level since mid-year well my response to all that is whoop-de-doo i mean (laughs) you've got inflation running greater than seven percent markets were up on wednesday on inflation print or uh, or Tuesday, let me say, on an inflation print that was two-tenths of percent lower, but it still came then, analysts predicted, but still came in at 7.1%. And how are you going to get control of inflation? I mean, historically, interest rates, 4%, 4.5%, 4 to and a quarter of 4.5%, which is the range right now, is historically less than it has been. Uh, before we got into this zero rate environment and uh, you know I don't our title this week is why is for yikes and that's about what I can say yikes Uh, you know we expected it markets sold off big time because of it and with the idea that they're going to continue it but until they get spending under control uh, and the only way you can do that is raise interest rates 
uh, to control inflation, I don't see how it's going to happen. Uh, let's go through the numbers. DXY 104.76, uh, down two tenths of percent. Euro was up uh, a half a percent to close at 105.9. Looney lost big time down 1.7 percent to close at 73.03. Ten-year Treasury continues to drop despite interest rates being uh, raised by the Fed. It dropped another nine basis points to close at 3.48%. And I checked again on the two- and ten-year inversion. It's still quite high at plus or minus 70 basis points. Well, that somebody is very wrong here, either the Fed on where it thinks it's going in the coming months or the market's not believing a bit of it because we should have a 448 10-year rather than a 348, I think. So exactly. Somebody's <laughs> very wrong here. So it's going to be interesting to see how and when this resolves itself. Moving on, the stock market had another big losing week, maybe not quite as bad as last week, but uh, again, the Fed meeting and uh, Jerome Powell playing Scrooge uh, didn't do the Bulls a whole lot of good in their cause to try and keep this year-end rally going. Yeah, well, the market was up Monday and Tuesday and really up on Tuesday when the CPI came in at 7.1%. Uh, that's 40-year record inflation. Uh, but beginning with the FOMC announcement on Wednesday afternoon in Powell's comments, it dropped like a rock. So uh, closed, Dow closed at 32.920, down 1.7%. S&P 500, 38.52, down a, uh, more than 2%. The VIX uh, was 22 to 23 most of the week, closed at 22.3. NASDAQ. Tech stocks got hit really hard. Uh, it closed at 10.705, down 2.7%. Basically, markets all over the world are running scared with fears of inflation now uh, taking center uh, stage. We had eight central banks on Tuesday, or excuse me, Wednesday and Thursday, raise rates a half a percent and led to not only a stock sell-off, but a bond sell-off. Yeah, well, you know, typically when you get that yield curve inversion that we mentioned a minute ago, it's because the market is getting ahead of the central banks and thinks they're going to overdo it and cause a recession. I, I don't know in the U.S. that that's going to be true. It might be true in Europe. It might be true elsewhere, but we'll see what happens. We've still got an economy that's meandering forward so i think we're going to get a lot of fireworks early in the new year my own view is that we're going to see the lows for stocks as well as the highs for the dollar and uh, for market interest rates on a long end retested sooner rather than later in the new year and then we'll we'll see what happens um, finally the venture exchange seems to be wanting to carve out a bottom here it did less bad again this week than everything else did it was up today yeah. um uh, yesterday, as I predicted, it closed near its 52-week low, but intraday it actually hit its 52-week low. We 
say this every year the venture exchange bottoms on december 15th uh it was up uh, six seven points today. It closed at five seventy six, up two points on the week, and the volumes remain very low in the twenty low twenties million shares. Uh, we didn't really have a concentrated um, tax loss sell off this year. Uh, probably because everybody was bailing on these stocks all year long. Yeah, kind of meandered all uh, on and off all year. You're right. Well, maybe for the, the small resource stocks that are bottoming, why is going to be for Yahoo if this is really the bottom? We'll, we'll see what happens. Well, I don't know. Uh, the venture exchange is down 39% year to date. And personally, I see no catalyst coming uh, that's going to change that. Okay. Uh, well, time will tell. So next week, we, we got the Fed out of the way. We're, we're heading toward year-end. What do you got your eye on, Mickey? Well, I'm going to watch and see if gold gets above 1800 and holds. We are at the beginning of the very strong seasonal rise in the gold price from December 15th to toward the end of February. Uh, we got lots of housing data next week. That is probably not going to be very good consumer confidence uh we're not going to have a santa claus rally so i think that's not going to be very good we got durable goods toward the end of the week and pce personal consumer expenditures as we wrap up the year and go into the holiday season okay and last but not least uh, what's our poll this weekend well, you've been talking a lot about Jerome Powell, so yep. our poll is this. What is your favorite nickname for Fed Chairman Jerome Powell? So my favorite nickname is Pablum Powell. <laughs> uh, I know that yours is Fire Marshal J. Yep. So I figure that's your vote. Uh, our third choice, and this may be the most popular, Foul Powell. F-O-U-L, foul pal. And then, of course, uh, give us your input. Think of something clever, funny, whatever you amount to. Uh, and that's other reply below. Okay. Well, we got our share of Pablum from him this week, that's for sure. And he still may <laughs> end up like that uh, Fire Marshal Jay. Of course, that's a takeoff on the old Jim Carrey character on In Living Color. And... and uh, so Powell, with his remaining hawkishness that's going to become more hawkish in the 2023, is saying like that old character did, let me show you something. And uh, in, in his quest to put out inflation, he may put out a whole lot more. We'll, we'll see. But, yeah, folks, chime in with your uh, favorite thing. This ought to be very, very fertile ground. Okay, so that's a wrap. Mickey, thank you so much, and uh, we'll be with you one more time before Christmas, so come back again next Friday, folks. Thanks, Mickey. Thanks a lot, Chris. Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly is syndicated exclusively by our friends at Kitco.com. To keep up with Mickey Folk, visit him online at mercenarygeologist.com and on Twitter under at MercenaryGeo. Yours truly, Chris Temple, can be found at nationalinvestor.com and on Twitter, it's at natinvestor. 
Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you again next week.